On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Allstate Insurance Agent Mike Light, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. Welcome into another JetCast, everybody. Today we are wrapping up the basketball seasons. We'll have the men's and women's basketball coaches on. Also, the postseason is not over for all wrestling team members of the Jets team. They have got one team going to Nationals. We'll be talking with him in just a few moments here on the JetCast, episode number 37. Joining us up first, of course, Darren Spence, the head women's basketball coach, as the Jets wrapped up a 4-18 season just a couple of days ago. Coach Spence, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate, uh, you know, being on. You you don't really have to keep repeating the season record, though, but... Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's a strange time for me for sure. Yeah, it's it, I know obviously the, the the season didn't go exactly to plan last weekend. Close losses at, at Lincoln and, and Pittsburgh State, and I know that that to, to wrap up the season, you were thrilled with the defense that you guys played, and you guys really battled in both of those games. Yeah, we you know we defended well pretty much the entire season. It's just the other side of it that that we were really challenged and. Um, you know, it comes back to not putting the ball in the basket. And, you know, I, I think at the, at what was strange, you know, spent the last couple of days just reflecting on our year. And I, I look back and, you know, and RJ talked a little bit about this, but, um, you know, when COVID hit our team, it was right before we were supposed to start playing games. Right. And so we, so then we get shut down for 14 days, and I think we practiced for three days, four, before we played Missouri Southern for our first game. And I, I just I, – we we never got back on track for the entire season. We we never got back in, in good enough playing shape. And whether that's a, you know, a heart issue, a lung issue, whatever it was, it just – you know, looking back on it, it really messed with us uh, moving forward. You know, a lot of teams would play, and then they got shut down, and they, but they got in the rhythm of it. We we couldn't get a scrimmage in, and um, with players having to step up to to be shot makers this year and to be relied on, depended on. I think that had something to do mentally with us, not just physically. Um, you know, and I as I go back and watch all our games, you know, which I do all the time. It just something just wasn't right with with our group this year. It's really interesting that you say that because that's something that Coach Allen has brought up, and I haven't necessarily talked to both of you about mm-hmm. that thing. He said there were a couple of players on his team right there at the beginning of the season because they had, I think, they may have had one extra quarantine that you guys mm-hmm. than you guys had. Right. And he said there were some guys at that first time uh, that that were playing really really well. 
but they came back and didn't really get back into that form until February. How, in a normal season, we take everything else out of it. How important is that time in, let's say, you know, late September into October to, in order to, to get yourself ready for those games that normally start in November? They start a little later this year, but mm-hmm. how critical is that time as you're trying to build your team and, and build your roster and, 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 and figure out what pieces are going to fit best and what part of the puzzle? Well, it's crucial because, as you said, if you have returning players that go year to year to year are are supposed to be improving and, and moving forward and um, accepting a new role and, and thriving in the old role and then branching out into something more if, if they're a, a competitor. And so you need the time, you need the scrimmages and, you know, and for us, we just had a number of, of our, let's say, our senior class who we actually really depended on. And uh, for them to adjust into different roles for like Haley and, and, and Braxton, let's say, that needed to make shots for us. And they didn't get a chance to, you know, to, to do it in a, any kind of early games or scrimmages. And, um, you know, Braxton missed the first couple games. Um, Ashanti Day, you know, she was playing right up until probably the week before we played with the hip injury. So as we were looking at our season, we were planning on her being there with Sydney to be that two-headed monster at the point. And as freshmen, they needed the time. Right. um, yeah, just a whole bunch of things that, that uh, you know, it's not – I believe there's reasons and excuses, and, and these are legitimate reasons that, you know, not just our team went through, but for us and where we were at, second year in, in, a, in the MIAA monster, um, we needed that time. But, uh, you know, now at least we know where we're at and what we can, can move on to. And, and what you guys are going to be moving on with, I would assume, would be continued – zone defense and you know coach crumb had had made the point to me when i asked her about it because i said you know it's still a little strange for me to see you playing so much man-to-man but you, or so much so little man-to-man but said you know a lot of these players have kind of come in and she made the point you know they've really most of these players have really only known you to be a zone coach and you really played zone so i guess that's just kind of your identity now maybe we ought to start calling you a zone coach now because you know sixth in the league in scoring defense you guys definitely made that a big part of your success this year that you did have was the fact that you were able to to slow teams down and and you know you mentioned trying to hold them a couple of baskets below their average and you did that with a lot of teams most of the teams that you played against this year yeah we did and and, and i'm not you know like a hundred percent just sold on nothing but zone because <laughs> right you know we went down to central oklahoma and played man to man and sometimes our our man looks like zone and our zone looks like man, which even confuses me at times. But <laughs> we are good at it. We're we're really good at first shot field goal defensive field goal percentage. We're challenged at second shot, you know. And so, like all defense, yeah. And it's not just a zone or man. It's just, it's the it's the art of rebounding mm-hmm. and to get players to embrace that. That that's what I have to do. Um, you know, and Bailey Hawkins did it early in the year and then did it late in the year. And that was her role. And so um, just, you know, the zone, what it does, what it, it gets players, it gets teams, you know, to have to all of a sudden adjust to it. Um, the thing, it doesn't allow them to run their stuff. And so it makes them have to adjust. And, you know, good teams are going to figure it out. And 
What we got caught up with because of the, the rescheduling of games that I really think it hurt us four in four games was the Emporia State moving their games around. So where the team played them, then played us. So there's we're the only two zone teams. Right. So they got a chance to get it worked out. Sure. You know, sure. And, and we were the beneficiary beneficiary of them getting it worked out sometimes. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like it. Uh, we didn't foul much. No, you, you know? guys were in like the bottom. I, I think because I, I keep track of your national stats. Yeah. And for a lot of games, I can look back and see you guys were in about the minus the the twenty fifth fewest fouling teams in the entire country yeah exactly and it's been that way for a couple of years yes. now when we played man and, and the biggest reason was you know I, just this year especially i look at it and i don't know what the real reason is but we got slow this year and it just we moved slow and, and so our, our lateral footwork. You're talking about in the half court or end to end or, or a combination? More or less guarding the ball. Okay. Keep containing drives. And so that's why we pretty much went to the zone all last year. And then this year as well for the kids that we needed to play, especially when two of your more athletic kids, Ashanti and Elise, are out. Um, but that that's kind of – we had to figure out what's going to keep us in games. Defensively, we were in everything. We were right where we needed to be. Um, and as I've always said, teams scored on our offense because uh-huh. of our, our, our live ball turnovers. But, you know, to, to, to quote Coach Crum, I'd say, what did we get all this year in offense? And she'd say, wide open shots, <laughs> which we did. We, you go back and look at us, we're shooting wide open shots. And so um, the question is, one, are you just not good shot makers? Or two, you just got caught up in everything? And Sure. You know, and I think we had enough talent this year to do a little bit more. And it just things just, you know, kind of janky the whole year. Well, you've mentioned how players have been able to make plays, you know, early, late in the year, not singling anybody out. But it seemed like there was multiple players that that was the case for. They would have good games. Brooke Haney and Faith Mason Vestal, they carried the water for you guys offensively the entire year and, and, and really played hard and, and everybody played hard, but you've mentioned, you know, player investment. And how do you think that player investment relates to the consistency that you've been talking about here as we've talked this morning about, you know, trying to get those things done, rebounding defense, offense, not just at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, but throughout the year, because as you and I have talked about several times in the MIAA, uh, there, there's not a night off that, that you have from Jefferson City to Fort to, to Kearney, Nebraska, right, right. down to Edmond. You know, there's no place you can go in and say, well, that's an automatic win. Well, you know, kids hear you say investment and spend time in the gym and it's it's uh you know the gun the shooting machines are great mm-hmm. but they create this this individual player you know back i tell our players there was a couple years back where i outlawed the gun i didn't let them use it because you need to bring in a teammate or two and and work out because when i was playing my teammates were our gun you know we we had a toss back that we would set underneath the bat and the net and the ball would just bounce back but um when you have a gun and or you know you just go in there by yourself and and there's really no accountability it's just you by yourself it's like the golfer at the range just smacking balls but can't play when he goes to the course and so um 
that is, they think that spending time, our kids get confused of quality versus quantity, you know, sure. and, and uh, Michaela Hayes got it figured out late and she said, coach, you're right. I, I, I only need to be in there like a half hour at a time, but do it consistently. And yes. And you know, when Madison Birnbaum did that, she got so much better and faith got better. And so um, there is a direct correlation to you put the work in and, and you get some rewards, but you know, nowadays kids, you know, want to say, Hey coach, tell me if I'm going to play, then I'll go work. And that's just not the way it works. It's not the way I work. Right. It's not the way any successful coach is going to work. You need to prepare, you know, in, in all this, in this social media crazed world, it's all about, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, all that garbage stuff. But, <laughs> uh, but there's some truth to that. You need to be invested and in, in above and beyond because the NCAA only gives us 20 hours with our players. And anything outside of that with coaches counts, you know. And so if we're doing individual work, it counts, you know, on their time. And so kids have to be able to step up and, and, you know, be invested. And then it really kind of means more. How challenging of this off is this offseason going to be just with, you know, how little you were able to get done in terms of working with the players for the reasons that you specified uh you know the the senior situation because of the coronavirus you know not knowing exactly who's coming back you've got team that your incoming class that that you've already signed and obviously you've got some really important returners that are going to be coming back so it just seems like with that the pandemic is still going on is this maybe for not just for newman this wouldn't be a newman specific thing but it mm-hmm. seems like for a lot of teams this would be one of the more challenging off seasons as they try to blend everything together for the 2021-2022 season. Yeah, and no question. And, and before all that, I, I, my first thing is to uh, to get Coach Crum, Clarissa Crum, to, to take time and get away. Because especially when you think about we lost Cameron Cates, our GA. Yeah before the season started as well. So you time and the mental break, the next thing on my card for both you guys. And so she had to, she did all our social media posts, all the statistical posts, all the, the meals and hotels and try and did it all. And, and it beat her up this year, you know, and it's not, she's been dealing with the loss of her sister for two years now that she hasn't really had the time to go grieve. And, and, um, you know, I told her, I don't want to see you for a while. You know, go take you time because when she's not right, I know. And that's and that's not right to put her through that. You know, sure. she, and, and, I, and I think our players really take her for granted for all that she does from academics to just just an individual relationship building. And, and I think that was a, that was a hard thing this year that, you know, the older players just kind of took her for granted. Like, oh, she'll be there. And, and I flat out told him, you know, I'd like to get her moved on to to a bigger level because she's that good. Mm-hmm. And, and if she wants to continue coaching or into to uh, an SWA position, you know, somewhere. But I, I want to get her taken care of. And, and but with our players, yeah, I mean, we got to figure out what we can do. And, you know, with we've got all these sports now playing in the spring, which wouldn't be playing in the spring. So now here we you know, we're got to figure out. Uh, our coaches, our, our game management responsibilities and who we're supposed sure. to babysit. Um, we still have to be recruiting. Juco games are playing into the spring. So it's much different again. But it's kind of exciting, too, to go, you know, figure it out. We're we're going to give our players more time off from basketball with us than we ever have 
before. I want them to get to where they they want to be there. And but what we're going to do after our two week mandatory break is uh, Hayden Jones, our strength coach, is going to just absolutely get in the middle of all of them. <laughs> and we've discussed it a little bit in the plan. And and I'm tired of getting beat up physically in this league. And so whether that starts mentally. You know, which I think it does a lot of, because our kids, we're, we have good-sized kids. We're not a small team. Sure. But, but a lot of times the, the, it's the size of the fight in the dog, you know, not the size of the dog in the fight. Right. And so we've got to create a little bit more of that, and he, they're all his for a good stretch now. Well, that might not be as so enjoyable, but that's the price that you and paid. And I don't want it to be. I want, I want <laughs> sure them struggling big time. One thing I did want to ask, and something we don't talk about, you know, you recruit these kids and you recruit these, you recruit these families too. Yeah. And, uh, and we already know, you've already said that Haley Albers not going to be among the returners, been accepted into medical school, mm-hmm. University of Kansas. Big thumbs up from me on that one, obviously. Um, but so I did want to, to ask, you've got this new class coming in. You, with you, when you lose Haley, you lose Grandma Jean. So do you, <laughs> do you have a, a replacement uh, for the unofficial team photographer, Grandma Jean? Wow, you talk about, uh, I, I told her, I said, you talk about the real MVP for us. <laughs> and, not you, and four years worth of pictures now. Fantastic Memories. job on the road. Um, experiences caught in, in, you know, in pictures and not just for us. She started doing it for our men's team. I, I know she for did. For the cheer squad. Um, she's really, really good. Maybe we can, I don't know, finagle something to get her back over here um, next year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just so many things you take for granted. Like, uh, and, and, yes, and we have really good, we, really good families um, which is why we wanted to recruit our region, our state. Um, and, and I know for, you know, Braxton's family and, and Haley's family that were there all the time, you know. Yeah, I know this last year was frustrating for them, too. I could see it on their faces. and But I sure, you know, it's not like we woke up and let's see how bad we can be <laughs> to the kids, you know. It's it just the way things worked out, and, and they were, they've been very supportive, you know, over the four years. And, and, and I hope they're actually really uh, appreciative of the opportunity that we and this university afforded them with pretty big scholarship sure. to, to get their degree. And so, yeah, we're, we're uh, you know, Haley's, you know, I'll be a pay. I would love to have Haley as my doctor. She might take a couple, <laughs> of, you know, might take a couple extra shots on my knees. Sure. And, but, um, yeah, I mean, we've got really good people and, and whatever they choose to go do from here on out, um, you know, they'll be special and they'll, they'll, they'll be good at it for sure. Your last question, coach. <laughs> I know that you've already got it all signed up. No, nobody else left to sign unless something's changed, but you're bringing in the class of 2025 for, for the Jets. And so your final thoughts as we kind of put this aside, and I'm sure I'll have a couple of questions as we open up things next year, but uh, you're, I know you're really excited about this group of freshmen that you have coming in, and obviously mm-hmm. you've kind of added to that, not by choice, but Elise Kaiser and Ashanti Day, they're going to be added to this class of 2025 now. Yeah, so that, that makes it a class of seven, you know, right now, and but all have, a, have ability. We've got more size and length coming in. Um, you know, our, uh, 
a two in Texas have just received their all district honors and got beat like in the third round of their, their state tournament, um, you know, liberal high school in, uh, St. John's Tipton where our kids are and, and Nemaha, they've changed the name so many times that school, Nemaha central. Yeah. Central thunder, I believe, which I think they're top three in the, you know, so, uh, liberal Nemaha Central and St. John's Tipson are all in the top four of their class, top five, and could have a good run at the state tournament. Um, but yeah, we're excited about they're all energy givers, and they're not um, they're not passive people, you know. And so um, they're going to come in here with the idea of we're going to go to work, and, and we we want to do well. We want to help your program rise the um, you know, so yeah, and recruiting is always the the lifeblood of of a of a college program, and you know, and then it's just a matter of where we go next. You know, do we add anybody else? Um, you know, with women's basketball college, it's it's darn near impossible to carry more than fourteen on a roster. So these other places that are carrying, you know, 15, 16, the schools that make them go get 20, 22. I mean, that's just ridiculous if you're not having a JV team, but even right. then it'll come back to bite you in the, in the backside because they all want to play. They of all course. expect to play, you know, we'll play 10 every night, but um, to me, 12 is the most ideal number. You know, for, we go to 14 cause there's always the injury factor that's, that's coming up. But uh I like the group that we, we have coming in, and we'll see what our group returning looks like as we move on through the spring. Plenty of reasons to be excited for Jets women's basketball in 2021 and 2022. Like I've said many times, we ask a lot of Coach R.J. Allen and Coach Darren Spence in terms of pregame, postgame, calling them on the road this year and coming down here for this. So, Coach, again, thanks so much for the access. Thanks so much for the time. And uh, do take some time for the olding ball coach as well in the offseason. Yeah, and year nine here at Newman, starting year 10, starting year 37. <laughs> you know, still uh, six wins shy of that 600 number. So uh, we'll have to do that next year. But <laughs> a lot of craziness this year. But we made it through. You know, we, we weren't – as good as what we wanted to be and so uh we'll just we'll just keep working and stay at it darren spence thanks so much for the time i appreciate it thank you rj allen will wrap up the men's basketball season we come back on the Jetcast. you are a business owner every day you concern yourself with trying to grow revenue increase margins manage cash flow live within compliance maintain staff understand health care raise capital satisfy customers With all of this on your plate, you haven't even noticed your parking lot. Your parking lot says a lot about your business, and South Central Ceiling and Paving gives your parking lot a voice. Let South Central Ceiling and Paving take your parking lot off your plate. Start now at scceiling.com. South Central Ceiling and Paving. When remodeling your kitchen or purchasing a new home, choosing the right countertops can often be intimidating. Trust the quartz and granite experts at Keystone Solid Surfaces to work with you every step of the way, from design to installation. Keystone Solid Surfaces fabricates and installs the highest quality quartz and granite countertops. So remember, when you're ready for new countertops... The key is Keystone. Keystone Solid Surfaces. Call 316-778-1566. That's 778-1566. Or go online to keystonesolidsurfaces.com. 
Continuing here on the JetCast, wrapping up the basketball seasons, talking men's basketball now. The men's basketball team won their last game of the year at Pittsburgh State. They end the year 4-18. and And joining me is the head men's basketball coach to wrap things up, R.J. Allen. And, Coach, obviously the, the season, as we've talked about, didn't go the way that you wanted it to this year. But how nice was it for you to see the guys come around and, and win one of those tight ball games, another one of those tight ball games on the road. And, and I know that sending them out uh, with that win on the road at Pittsburgh State was a, was a nice, nice way to end the season and, and try to generate some momentum going into this offseason. Yeah, you definitely want to try to generate some momentum going into the offseason. Uh, it's just a testament to those guys of just being able to kind of withstand uh, the ups and downs of a season, uh, continuing to, to – uh, you know, try to compete the best they can and, and continue to execute what we've been telling them uh, as a whole. So, you know, seeing it all kind of come to at the end of the season, uh, you know, was definitely uh, a good sight to see. Uh, character building, something you've talked about a lot and, and it's something that you hope that you guys take away from, from this year is is trying to go through adversity. You've used that word a lot this season as we have talked. How do you feel like that has gone? Because, you know, not just the wins and losses, that would be a challenge for any team, but when you throw everything else that's happening outside this room in the world uh, onto them, uh, it, you know, it made for a, a really challenging year for because of the pandemic and so many so many other issues that we wouldn't even have time to to get into fully but you know these guys had a lot on their plate and they're just you know young men and uh and and it and it was a challenge in many ways this year yeah it it was definitely um you know i think it was our last home game i told those guys that you know that they'll probably learn more um you know from this year than they would you know any other year in athletics just kind of uh, the adversities, the ups and downs, the, you know, falling short, uh, the disappointments, uh, you know, night in, night out, and still having to, to get back on that horse, to get back up every single day, uh, to challenge yourself to be the best person, teammate, basketball player that, that you can be at the end of the day. So, um, you know, for those guys, I felt like they responded well, and, and they they took our message, and they tried to do everything within their abilities possible to, to keep climbing and keep working and keep getting better. And, and, and you know, it's not like, I mean, people can look at the final record and say, think whatever they want, but, you know, if you actually came out and you watched the games, and I know a lot of you were not able to come and watch the games because of, you know, the pandemic and, and all those things, and hopefully you'll all be back next year. Um, but if you listened, uh, listened to us, if you watched on the MIAA network and watched this team, you know, Coach, I don't feel like you guys were really that far away. I mean, you, there are 11 times, at least by my count, it was a two-possession game in the final minute, and there were several of those where, you know, you just don't get a bounce. And if, you know, it could have been a, a wildly different season if the opposing team doesn't make a couple of shots, if you make a couple of other shots, you know, it, it's a totally different discussion what we're having. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the 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 gift and the curse of athletics you know and a lot of times you are right there and you're so close and, and for us we were we were really close um at a lot of times and you know we we go back and we reassess the season after the last game and and uh quay and and tracy jones played a huge part of that and we had neither of those guys um you know we just got tracy jones in february uh quay wasn't with us until after christmas so uh, it was, a, it, you know, you, you have a lot 
to kind of overcome. And, and a team like ours with 11 new players in a shortened season, uh, your your margin of error is so small. And, and when you are missing a couple guys or you got some guys banged up, you know, that, that can definitely affect how, how you go about your business. It's something that I thought was really interesting just before you came in. I think he said he had talked to you about it. But Coach Spence had said something to me on here that we hadn't really talked about outside of this, but something that you've mentioned a lot was the early coronavirus quarantines that you guys had before the season. And this is something that, that you've brought up as, as being, you know, not necessarily, and he wanted to make sure, it, you know, it's not an excuse, but it's a reason, you know, why, why maybe things didn't get off to the start that you wanted because you had those early coronavirus quarantines and you had one extra one than, than even the women's team did. And you had mentioned, you know, there were a couple of players that just didn't quite come out of that looking the way that they did going in. And you said you felt like there were a lot of guys playing really, really well before you had those quarantines. So I'll ask you the same question I asked Coach Spence. In a normal year without any of this stuff going on outside that you don't have any control over, how important is that time in late September and there into October as you get set for what's normally a November 1 start in terms of trying to figure out how you're going to put the team together for the 40 minutes and and, and put guys in the right role and, and the best role to help you guys win games? For us in this league, vital. Um, just for many aspects, you know, the real side of it is, uh, you know, we don't, unlike a lot of other teams in the in the league, we don't get to get these guys in the summer. Right. You know, so a lot of times these kids, when they show up on campus in late August, early September, uh, this is the first time we, we get our hands on them. So, you know, when you have that time kind of cut down, um, you know, and everybody went through it, uh, it really affects a team like us. And, and then they're all new and you don't have any preseason or any scrimmages or anything like that. So, like, literally the first time we had an opportunity to kind of see guys and, and, and play against someone other than ourselves was an actual league game. <laughs> right. And then you throw in the, the MIAA as one of the best leagues in the country. It's like and It happened to be top 25 Missouri Southern. Yeah, you know, just it's, the, just, it's just one of those deals. But, you know, it's just kind of the, the luck of the draw, and you got to – try to maneuver around it and put those guys in a situation where they can be successful. Well, that's something else that you've talked about. The fact that, you know, keeping guys on campus is such a, a cornerstone of so many other MIAA programs. What do you feel like the benefits would be of keeping guys around on campus more to, to try to work with them over the summer? I think it helps for one builds um, a culture and a camaraderie of, of guys where they are together, um, you know, almost year round and they're working and they're building relationships and you know when you get to a December game and it's the last minute of the game like their culture their relationships that they built the habits that they've built all the way back in June you know come into play at that at that point of time so you know it's not just hey you know we hope the ball goes in it's like it's it's more than that it's a culture it's a belief system because of the work together that they've put in um really makes a difference and you know that's that's hopefully an area we can we can get to in the future um you know but i I do feel like that's that's one of the things that some of those other schools are able to do 
you mentioned, you know, the adversity and the learning experiences that you've had this year. You've had a lot of new players that have come in and, you know, like every year that you've been a head coach, now that I think about it, you've, you've been able to get guys to come in no matter how you've recruited them, they be freshmen. A lot of these guys have been transfers, but you've been able to find guys that have made an impact on the first year from the first game that they step on campus. How excited are you that so many of the new players that you did bring in this year uh, not just stepped in and played roles for you, they were kind of mainstays for you and, and, and really important pieces. And I know that you know, the longer you can keep these guys in the program uh, with this give back year, obviously just a chance to develop them even more. And uh, a lot of those guys came in and uh, they were big time for you this year. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's nice to kind of keep in the back of your mind as you're going through all these, these, these tough losses um, that these guys will be back. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of them have multiple years, um, you know, and, and they're, they're learning. The great, greatest teachers experience. So they, they kind of know now what to expect. It's, it's completely different when you're trying to – you're in that recruiting process and you're trying to, you know, kind of fill them in on what they're going to see and how good the league is night in, night out. And, and they've seen that now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all they've seen, you know. So uh, I'm really excited about – you know what what's ahead for a lot of these guys and and um, you know we want to keep this group together as long as we can how does the offseason look for you this year it seemed I said the same thing to coach Allen or to, to coach Spence I should say that you know this would seem to be a unique a uniquely challenging offseason because you've got the coronavirus that's still going on this pandemic that you're still having to deal with you've got you know seniors that aren't necessarily not coming back but something that you've got that you're going to be uh here in the next few weeks in terms of of uh deciding who's you know how that's going to all play out the guys you've got coming back recruiting that you've already done trying to piece everything together how challenging is that aspect of it going to be just trying to blend everything together uh for the 2021 2022 year yeah that's the you know the the kind of fun part about it for me it's like putting piece a puzzle together you know sure. piece by piece and just trying to uh you know as a staff we sit back and try to you know find the right pieces for for this this group and and uh you know put guys in in the right situation and and add what we feel like we need to add and and just go from there so I really enjoy that part uh, of being a coach and and I know our coaches we we meet daily on just kind of avenues and directions that we want to go and what we feel like would be best for our group and our team and and then we 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 attack it that way in the recruiting aspect and uh you know, we we just go from there, and then the skill development and weight training side. You know, for a lot of guys, is going to be very pivotal this off season. So, um, there's a lot of factors that goes into it. But but again, like I said, I, I really enjoy that. Coach Spence had talked about how they're going to on the women's side. They're going to give their players a couple weeks off and then uh, go back in. And he said it may not be a fun spring for the ladies is kind of what he uh, insinuated in terms of, uh, of getting into the weight room and, and getting that going. And I know that you had mentioned to me that there have been a couple of guys off of the team that have come to you and said, Hey, we, you know, in the off season, I need to, I need to work on myself and my physicality and my conditioning so that I can, you know, 
be a better player for you next year just because of how demanding the league is? How are you excited to see some of those guys who are so eager to put in that work in the offseason to, to try to help them get started? Well, I think that's just the learning process and the character building that they've, they've went through this year, just really understanding and being able to look themselves in the mirror and, and truly assess where they have to improve uh, as basketball players at this level. So, yeah, the this spring is going to be pivotal. Um, those guys are going to they're going to have to get after it. And, and it's just not the spring. Like as far as the weight training aspect goes, like, you know, as hard as you work, you know, if you take time off or a significant amount of time off, you know, and you're not being pushed or, or, or you know, holding yourself accountable, um, you can lose it as well. So it's going to be something that these guys are going to have to really, um, you know, get serious about and, and uh, you know, kind of take it to the next level. Final question for you. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, taking time off. You don't want to take too much off, but I'm, I'm guessing that uh, that you probably need a little time off and a little mental break as well and probably your coaching staff too. So uh, what are you looking forward to the most in this offseason as you try to rest and get refreshed and reset and, and then come back to attack uh, the 2021-2022 year and re- recruiting and all, all, the, all those things that you have in the offseason you're looking forward to taking care of? Sure. I mean, it, it never stops, um, you know, but, but again, I think you have to find a balance um, as far as that goes. And I just look forward to little league baseball now i was about to say so I baseball my, i got my boys playing and and uh, they'll get cranked up here and i enjoy following them and, and watching them uh over the summer and and just kind of catching up being dad and and going from there uh, what, what are you expecting to see out of uh out of young allen's uh baseball team <laughs> this year we'll see we'll see i, I couldn't tell you it's uh <laughs> i got 11 year old and, and then a five-year-old so we'll we'll see are they both playing they both they are they are and it's crazy they're they've been practicing a little bit so mom is uh she she's happy that I'm, i don't have uh thursday night games so i can uh, haul some boys around to practice sure absolutely what, what positions the 11 year old playing uh he plays shortstop he plays shortstop and he pitches a little bit so it's just starting to get a little bit more competitive now uh-huh. so we'll see how that goes that's about the age yep, yeah yep. leadership qualities there <laughs> shortstop from the head coach rj allen the head coach of men's basketball again like i said with coach spence nobody is asked more of in terms of our coverage than men's and women's basketball so again coach thanks so much for everything and the access and hopefully next year we'll have everything a little bit more back to normal with fans coming in and and the road games and but you know we appreciate every everything that you did to make what we do possible this year uh we really appreciate it thanks so much yeah thank you i appreciate all all that you do as well Well, we really look look forward to having you in the off season and up next Wrestling is not quite in the offseason. Cameron Frame is going to try to become a three-time All-American, making the NCAA Division II National Tournament. We'll talk with him next on the JetCast. Hi, friends. Phil Nightingale, General Manager at Mel Hamilton Ford. Right now, we have incredible deals on all new 2020 models. Plan now to get here fast for the best selection. And if you're in the market for a used vehicle, Mel Hamilton Ford has more cars, trucks, and SUVs than anyone else. Every payment, every price. All makes and models, not just Fords. Come see us today or shop us online at mhford.com. Let our experienced sales staff show you how easy buying a new car can be. Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers since 1984. Experience the difference. 
Jet fans, there's a new way to stay connected with your team. Download the free Newman University Athletics app now. Sign up to be a fan, student, alumni, or booster club member and receive notifications on your mobile device on your favorite Jets teams. Schedules, live stats, live broadcasts, and more. The Newman University Athletics app is your digital ticket to NU Sports. Download the Newman University Athletics app for free today on Google Play or the App Store. Focusing on all the winter sports today, and not all of them have completely wrapped up. We've still got wrestling going on, and the one guy that you see next to me now, if you're watching the show on YouTube or perhaps on Facebook, is the wrestler headed to the national tournament, Cameron Frame. A redshirt junior from Wichita, a transfer from Wyoming at 165 pounds, has made his third straight NCAA National Tournament appearance after finishing second at Super Regionals this past weekend. Cameron Frame back on the JetCast. I believe that you are actually the first return student-athlete guest on the JetCast, so uh, you'll have that for forever. I know, you'll, I know you're always going to remember that. Really? I didn't even know that. There you so, go. Learn so, something new every day. For our first time. So you've, you've got uh, a big history for you here made today. Thanks again for coming back. Uh, how does it feel to make it back to nationals. I, I know that last year having it kind of ripped away from you was really, you know, gut-wrenching. How much more of an accomplishment does it feel like this year to be able to make it back after having it taken away? It's definitely a huge relief. I mean, I get a shot at redemption for last year's season that uh, didn't go as anyone planned. I mean, I still got named All-American, and uh, – but I, I didn't get to compete. It's it's not the same. Uh, so I'm glad to be back. Uh, obviously, you guys, uh, you got off to a good start in your Super Regional with a bye. And then uh, you get a fall in your first match against Washita Baptist. What went right for you in that match? Uh, I just got to my stuff right away and ended up getting a quick pin. Uh, I felt pretty good that match. and It was a good way to start the tournament. So the next match, this was your one defeat, a loss in the semis. Four to three, and obviously in wrestling, when you get to this level, at least for when I, I remember watching Noel Torres on his run to the national championship, boy, it seems like the you know points at that port, part of the sport into the postseason are just so precious. Every time you can get two, every time you can get one, you lost in the semis by one. You know the difference is so close. In your mind, what was the difference for you in that match that prevented you from coming out on top? Oh, that's tough. I mean, we actually had a couple calls not go our way. Um, I was actually awarded two uh, before the end of that match, and then it was taken away from me. Oh. So I actually had the lead five to four, but eh. You know, things happen, and uh, I just had to bounce back and come through the backside of the bracket. Well, and, and that you did. So resetting, obviously, if you if you feel like that you've gotten a call against you that is a bad call or an unfair call, that's even that's tough enough on its own. But when you have when you have to restart and kind of reset mentally in that consolation bracket, what do you feel is the key to doing that? Obviously, if you're on the winners bracket side, you're confident. You just keep winning. How do you try to reset yourself when you get into that consolation bracket? And do you approach those matches any differently? It's definitely challenging to bounce back from a loss. I mean, everyone tr- like hangs their head on certain things, but uh, you just can't do that in a tournament like uh, our Super Regional. You know, it's so short, uh, the time span that we have between one match and the next. So just immediately have to start thinking about the next match and what I can do uh, moving forward. How- I can't hang my head on the past. How so. much time do you normally have in between matches? 
Uh, it's required 30 minutes, um, but it, it can be 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half. You never really know, especially with this year, the COVID year. They kept taking breaks to clean the mats. It was sure. It was different. How, do you like having the short, shorter breaks? Obviously, wrestling is, you know, it's not a long match that you're in, but it's usually very intense. You know, it's it's only four to six minutes, depending on how long it lasts. But it's a very, very intense six minutes where you're putting out, you know, a lot of times max effort for the whole six minutes. Do you like having more time off or do you feel like, uh, you know, the shorter time, maybe that gives you an advantage because of your superior conditioning? Uh, I think it just depends on the scenario, I guess you could say. Uh, some I would like a longer break, and some I would like a shorter break. <laughs> right. 14-3, you won the second place match against Central Oklahoma. Obviously, that had to feel really great to, to really punctuate your ticket to Nationals. Oh, that one was actually the third place match. That was a third place match, correct. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Uh, I mean, it's a guy I grew up wrestling around and being around the same weight, so it was a good win on that one. So you guys, you get through to the second place match you win that one and so now you're headed back to nationals how do you feel like experience from your previous trips is going to help you in this trip to nationals uh i guess you could say i'm prepared for anything whether the <laughs> yeah. tournament gets canceled or we have the tournament so that's a good thing and uh, i mean i'm not as nervous i would say I've, I've been there i know what i need to do and uh, i'm looking forward to it so you've got a couple of weeks off here before you go it's march 12th and 13th is when the events are going to be and colin will have everything up newmanjets.com if you want to follow along they they normally have some sort of video coverage i'm not sure if it's free or not but that's all available and that'll all be linked to you so you can you can follow that at newmanjets.com and i know I'm, they'll have it blasted all over social media as well during this time especially this week obviously next week is kind of event week how do you prepare what are the things that you feel like you need to do to give yourself the best chance to win i would just say keep my normal routine i mean stick to what we've been doing we've had a game plan from the beginning of the season and we're going to stick to it i mean the whole point of our season and how our coaches lay it out is that we want to peak at nationals. We don't want to peak mid-season. We want to peak at nationals, and that's what we plan on doing. So normally in wrestling, you are not – most of the time, you know, each school probably has one, maybe two guys at a particular weight class. So you're normally wrestling either up a weight or down a weight. And last year you had somebody else to wrestle with who was also going to nationals. How does that work this year? Do you – kind of recruit somebody else off the team to come in and, and train with you uh, since you're the only qualifier this year. Obviously, the full team doesn't have to practice. I'm sure you guys are still working on stuff to get ready for 2021-2022, but how will that look for you this year as the lone qualifier? Yeah, so we'll bring in a, a few of the guys that I've been practicing with all season, and uh, like I said, we're just going to try and stick to what we've been doing. And uh, how it'll probably go is I'll probably have three or four teammates in there, and uh, they'll just rotate on me. So it can, they can uh, really beat up on me. <laughs> yeah. So they stay fresh while 
I'm dying. So, so you're, what you're saying is this is not going to be necessarily an easy week for you. No, definitely not. So how will that change next week? Obviously, this week you can kind of put in the pain, put in the hours, put in the time. And then next week, obviously, it's all going to be about trying to relax, rest, recuperate. But at the same time, you've still got to maintain that weight. Yeah. Well, the weight part isn't really an issue for me. Uh, I mean, I've went up a weight class each season. So luckily, I'm okay in that department. But uh you know, we'll we'll go really hard at this beginning, uh, and as we get closer and closer to nationals, we'll start to ease it back and make the practices a little bit easier, a little bit shorter. They're still going to be just as intense, but uh, we won't spend as much time beating up on me. When do you do you know exactly when you're planning to go up? Will you go up about the same time before this this year's tournament as you did last year? When when what's the travel plan yet? Do you have that set? Uh, I don't think it's set in stone yet. I'm not too sure. I would guess we'll. We'll head down uh, two or three days before and get our testing out of the way, if I had to guess. He is wrestling at 165 pounds. So if you want to follow him, if you're trying to look for him, because they've got so many different weight classes and brackets, look for him in the 165-pound bracket. How different of an experience will it be for you? Have you ever gone to nationals when it was – because last year you had Tyler Lawley. Have you ever gone when it's just been you? No, because last year was Tyler Lawley, and then there and was the year before it was Tyler Meese. With was me. Tyler Meese, obviously. So, how much of a different experience will that be to not have anybody else to kind of collaborate with? Obviously, you know you'll have you'll have coaches and and you know coach there, but how different will that be for you to to not have a teammate there to try to to, to kind of experience it with? It'll definitely be different, but, uh, I mean, I'll still stick to the same game plan. No matter what, I mean, wrestling still is somewhat of that individual sport. And, uh, it, you know, it, it comes back to self-responsibility and being able to take care of what you need to take care of. So that's what I plan on doing. Final question. How do you take care of it and hang another banner in Fugate Gymnasium? I uh, just got to get out there and do what I do best and uh, just have fun with it. I can't stress too much and... Uh, I just need to let it fly. We're like looking forward to this. Cameron Frame at 165 pounds, making his third straight NCAA national tournament, trying to get those All-American honors. Once again, it's March 12th and 13th for the NCAA Division II National Wrestling Tournament. Best of luck to you, and congratulations again on making nationals. And, uh, you know, if you bring back another banner, that would be the worst thing in the world. Yep, I plan on it. Okay, that sounds fantastic. That is our show today for the JetCast. Be back next week once again. We post every Wednesday around 6 o'clock. And so until next time, Blake Cripps saying, Go Jets.